This is a test of the Boundary Park Alert System. Hello and welcome to episode 29 of this season's Boundary Park Alert System with me, Matt Dean. I'm flying solo this week, uh, very much like a Spitfire from Eastleigh because Andy couldn't make it and Dave has had to pull out last minute due to uh, food poisoning, which is not good. So I hope he's all right. I hope you're feeling better when you listen back to this, Dave. Um, But I'm not going to be talking for the next hour on my own. Don't worry. I do have an interview lined up that I did with uh, Alison Schofield from Her Game 2. So I'm going to play that a bit later on. And I have a fan guest who was at the game yesterday at Eastleigh. So um, I'm not completely flying solo. So before we reveal who this week's fan guest is, Tell us, first of all, what your first game and favourite player. Let's do that one first. So, yeah, first game, uh, Oldham Tranmere, about 96. Um, although my granddad tells me we went to a couple before that. Uh, my first favourite player was Sean McCarthy. Super Sean McCarthy. All right. What's your favourite Latics-related memory? Um, it's probably a tie between Forest away and the FA Cup and oh, then, yeah. obviously, the Liverpool home game. But, yeah. That's two closely related favourite memories memories, memories in, uh, <laughs> in the same season. Um, and uh, if you could, a surprising fact about yourself, please. Yeah, so um, I've cooked at every level from like old people's homes um, all the way up to three Michelin star. Mm, so you're obviously a good cook. And maybe that's come to surprise to me because I don't know very much about you, but uh, maybe people who know you, Adam Kershaw, might not be surprised about that. Adam Kershaw, welcome to the show. Cheers, Matt. Thanks for having me. It's all right. Do you still cook? Are you a professional cook? Is that what you do? Uh, so I don't work in kitchens anymore. I work in food development now, but I still uh, still cook in my house. No one seems to eat without me on the stove. So, <laughs> oh, I'm not surprised. Clearly, you're very good at it. So <laughs> that's excellent. So I, I listen, on food, I... I've noticed a few tweets about these chicken and balti pies at um, Eastleigh yesterday. Did you have one and are they all they're raved up to be? I, I did have one. I don't normally go for the pies at the games um, just because I'm a little bit dubious about cooking out of a shed. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they were very, very good. They were probably the best pie I've had at a game for a long, long time. Very nice. Mm. Much better than the one at Boundary Park anyway. Well, high praise indeed. You come if you get anything, Latics fans to praise anything is um, you know, is a sign that it must be good. Um so yeah, that's 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 good. Um before we go on to talk about your experience of the game yesterday, uh, we had a, a special fanzone uh present I don't know the word presenters the right uh right word for it, but Dave wasn't at Eastley today, neither was Andy, uh, neither were I, but we had a Sam Gregory stepped in and asked the question. So we've got a few questions from supporters who were at the game yesterday before the game. This is what they thought. Fanzoni! Okay, so I'm here with, what's your name, mate? My name's Andy Avery. Andy, great. So Andy, were you at the Woking game? I wasn't, I'm afraid. I live in the South. So, okay. uh, so this is a local game for me today, but uh, I follow it kind of... Uh, the cover the buzz feature on the uh, on the on the app so uh, yeah yeah I think the uh, it's great to get a last minute win yeah and you happy with the form at the moment it's getting there we're a little bit inconsistent you know we've lost a couple where we really should have won and the gates head was frustrating but yeah we're in a much better place since since the Notts County defeat yeah. we're in a much better place it's coming together and what do you reckon is going to happen today score prediction I reckon we're going to win today. 3-0. 3-0. Who's going to score for us? Oh, gosh. Now you put me on the spot. I reckon a couple of the defenders might get in there and maybe not. I've not seen the line-up yet. No. So okay. it's not all fine. I think he'll get one. Mm. All right. 3-0. I like it. Thanks, Andy. Yeah, Cheers, no mate. problem. Cheers. All right, mate. Lovely. What's your name, please? Uh, Miles. Miles. All right. So just general feeling about the current form, last sort of five or six games. How are you feeling about it? I think we're on the um, apart from last week, but I think if we win today, I think we've got a good chance of uh, getting third up the table, to be honest. Yeah. What do you reckon the score is going to be today, then? I'm hoping 1-0 for us. 1-0. OK, well, that's more, ops- more less optimistic than some of the ones I've heard. Who's going to score, then? Well, I'm not sure. I'm not, not sure. Sticking one in from 40 yards or ahead of in the box, maybe? I think it'll be a slotchy one, I reckon. Yeah. yeah. We'll take it, though. 93rd yeah, yeah, minute. Yeah, definitely. 
And all right, final question. Where do you think we're going to finish in the league? So we're 14th, I think, aren't we, at the yeah. moment? Where do you reckon we're going to end up at the end well, of the season? I just want to be mid-table by the end, that's all. And then next year? We'll see. Assault on the title. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, mate, thanks. Cheers. Cheers. Okay, so I'm here with, what's your name, please, mate? It's Darren. Darren. All right, Darren. So how do you feel about the current form of the, of the last in the last few games? Yeah, I think they've been cracking three out of the last five they've won. You know, and they've been teams in the top six as well, which, you know, augurs well for today. And are you based down in the south? Or? I am, yeah. down in London. All oh, right, OK, OK. And what do you reckon is going to happen today then? Go on, score oh, prediction. 3-1. Three 3-1 one. Three one all done, every three time. 3-1, all right, lots of confidence. Who's going to score for us then? Oh, God. I have no idea. It's so, so up and down, so up and down. OK, but free, <laughs> free-flowing football, or do you reckon something from a set-piece or...? I reckon from set pieces and corners, but I reckon there'll be a cracker from outside the area as well. All right, I like it. 3-1, we'll take that. All right, thanks, guys. All right, cheers. Thanks. Hey, grazie mille, fanzoni. Oh, the enthusiasm and optimism of before the match compared to uh, the reality of after the match. Good turnout yesterday from, uh, was it uh, was it mainly Oasis lot, do you think? There was a lot of people from down south that made made it, or did a lot of people come from up north as well? Because it was like oh, well over 400 yesterday, wasn't it? It's a good turnout that, for that uh, one. I saw a few, yeah. yeah, very good turnout, yeah. Um, I saw a few like familiar faces from home games, but yeah, again, Oasis, just every away game I've been down south this season, just astounds me the sheer amount of people that that come to games that distance it's, it's insane yeah what did you make of it then did what were you what did what were you thinking going into it uh were you as optimistic as some of those people or <laughs> a bit more no, cautious no 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 i thought uh, i never thought it was going to be a high scoring game um i think we've been pretty solid so i didn't see us conceding an awful lot and easily have been solid coming off the back of two one nils um, so I think it was always going to be a bit of a tight game, fairly low scoring affair. Um, and yeah, it was just, just a moment. So it's just, yeah, one of those games where it could have gone either way, really. Um, like we, we got lucky against, um, sorry, what was the, not Barnet, the, uh, boy, yeah, Woking, yeah, the Woking game again. A little bit of quality won it for us. Um, so I think we were due to due to lose one. We can't begrudge it. Yeah, you got to, you got to you go up and down the country, don't you? You go home and away. Um what what's your general yeah. sort of I mean, what's your general sort of take on the season so far? I must I must point out that that this is that you're Adam, the guy that I mentioned like the other week about not knowing the name, couldn't remember your name. He sat stands there next to me in the Rochdale Road and uh, or sort of in the vicinity because we tend to swap seats around a bit. But um yeah, we so we've 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 watched quite a few games together and a few performances together this season. Um What's your take on on where we are? Um, on, on where we are, I think if we just go this season and forget the bigger picture, um, I think probably probably exceeding expectation a little bit. Um, given the the squad, I think we had at the start of the season. I went to most of the preseason games. I didn't think we looked great. Um, I thought we got lucky with a couple of last minute winners early on under Shez, and then. It really did need a rebuild. I thought the squad wasn't great. Um, and the quality in this league is a hell of a lot better than I think most people, including myself, anticipated. There's an awful lot of teams in now to play football, now to win games. Um, and we're, I think we just thought well, we're, we're a big fish in a small pond and quality will get us over the line, but that really isn't the case down here. Um, so, like I said, a little bit pessimistic, but I'd say we're probably exceeding my expectation at the minute in 14th with 12 to go, um, or 10 to go, is it? Um, so yeah, I think it's been a pretty, uh, pretty poor season, but we'll be looking a hell of a lot more solid. We look like a, a team, a, a good structured outfit who, to be fair, we've picked up results because we've changed the way we play and it's been, been better. I love I love how we we all watch the same games and we we've we've all been through the last number of years let's let's just say 10 for argument's sake right of you know the the, the end of the corny era the Abdallah age um and all that 
we, we've all seen the, the 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 squad that we had at the start of the season, but everybody's got a completely different take on like expect where we should have been. You know, like the fact that we are old and athletic in this division to some people meant that we should have been running away with it from day one, despite everything that we've been through. Um, other people are, are just happy if we stay up. Um, some people think that David Undra is doing a terrible job because we're not winning the league and we're not winning games. We've all got different takes on it. Um, but you, you're obviously, you were obviously expecting it to be a very, very difficult season. And you're thinking that, that, that since probably since Christmas time, I guess, because I mean, that's when the results have, have started to, to prove, uh, to show an improvement. Um, would you say that, that are you feeling quite optimistic that Unsworth is, is building us into something that, that might have a, have a go next season or at least sort of show a, a significant of, of you know, evolution next season? Yeah, I think, I think obviously at, at this level, you look at the, the top two, you've got Wrexham and Knox County. They're, they're miles, miles above everyone else in the, in the league. Um, and it's those teams that have a structure and they may not be superstars in that team, but they know what they're doing. They do the job well and they pick up points, they get results. And then if you look at the teams that have come to Boundary Park and played amazing football, they're not the teams up there. So that mm-hmm. isn't how you get out of this league. That's not how you pick up points. Um, so I was I was doubtful of Unsworth, um, obviously given I went to Notts County away and that was horrific. Um, it was actually my birthday as well, so thanks for that, David. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I'd say since then we have picked up, and I don't know if that's just the players have realised that they've, they're the ones doing it um, or whether Unsworth changed anything behind the scenes, I'm not sure. But I, th- I think uh, my hesitance with Unsworth was, first and foremost, he's a coach. He's an under-23s coach. That's his background. However, the players in the side, especially those players under-23, weren't improving massively. I don't think any player in that first kind of three-month period improved massively under Unsworth. But I think now we're seeing those improvements and I can see kind of what he's, what he's trying to do. And it might not be to everyone's liking or everyone's taste, but we can't argue with results. He's getting results. Yeah, I mean, I don't... I get a little bit astounded by how quickly people think things are going to change, as if it's just kind of like, as if... The, if 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 it's the right manager, the right coach, they're going to come in and almost wave a magic wand and everything's going to improve. It's it's just it's ridiculous to think that that's going to be the case. Um, even if we'd have brought in, you know, Pep or Jurgen Klopp, <laughs> like it wouldn't have changed overnight. It, it it just it's just not the way it works at all. And um, you know, I think for me, results wise, yeah, we you know we we lost to Boreham Wood, we we beat. Uh, walking, we, we've lost now. If, I'd rather do that than, than than draw game after game as well. So it's yeah, it's, fine, yeah. it's fine margins, isn't it? We, it was one nil. It wasn't a good game of football by all accounts. You know the the statistics that I saw were very low uh, in terms of shots and, and all that kind of stuff. But it, it, there's an everything that I've noticed about this league is the teams that are doing well are teams, and you don't become a team overnight. You have to work at becoming a team. And I think that since Christmas time, although it's not like the most uh, beautiful thing we've ever seen and there's not a massive amount of finesse, there's definitely a team starting to emerge. There's a, there's a team spirit emerging. There's a together. And that's, the, that's where you build from. You know, like when we spoke to Mark yeah, White, you know, yesterday they played uh, Notts County away. Um, you know, they got was on TV. He's got a, a basically a pub team into the national league off the back of togetherness, off the back of the spirit, off the back of that, it, and 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 it's amazing what you can achieve if you've got that from top to bottom in the club. So I'm hoping that that, that next season we 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 start to to see some of the, some of the fruits of that. Also, we've got a really good budget for this league, and we've got a, we should should have good pulling power because of the size of the club, the fan base. I still seen people on on Twitter and things like saying, "Oh, season tickets are going to be poor." Next, what do you think? What do you make of that? What do you think of the overall kind of feeling amongst the fan base? Do you think there's going to be a feeling of satisfaction to come out at the end of this season, or and is it just the same sort of like dissenting voices that that make make you feel like there's a lot more disgruntlement than there really is? Um, yeah, I think, like you say, it's, it's there is some disgruntlement. However. 
just speaking on the away ends I've been in in the past month or so, it's been fairly positive. Uh, Gateshead wasn't, uh, but that's because the performance was poor. Um, I think yesterday um, there wasn't much grumbles, uh, a couple, and it's the usual kind of um, targets. But yeah, I think it's 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 mostly positive. And, and I'd add to that as well, the people who do grumble on Twitter will be getting season tickets because they're the people, <laughs> again, you see every week, they always yeah. go. So yeah. it, it doesn't. They're, they're entitled to voice their opinion. Um, it's just to everyone else, you don't have to listen to it. Everyone can have a different opinion of the game. That's fine. But, I mean, we sit quite near each other, but we'll see the same game pretty differently because everyone's got their own opinion. Everyone's got their own viewpoint. So, yeah. I mean, I look. I understand. The, I understand the frustration. I understand the, the the desperation for for some kind of success. I think, like, when you look at what how the season started, in terms of who we are, the personnel. I mean, it's been it's it's been a very very long season already. I'm kind of I'm ready for a break. I'm ready for like for us to just be safe and finish the season, and then just kind of like you know we've got our live show coming up at the end of the season. Just celebrating the season and just saying you know what we've got a football club to support. We've got there's an infrastructure being built at the football club. There's money being spent on the right things at the football club: facilities, infrastructure, players, coaches. Uh, all that stuff we've got that let's celebrate that rather than looking for things to pick at now the manager's got three-year contracts he's not going to turn it around in season one let's hope that he's you know he signs another one halfway through next season because we're flying do you know what i mean and and it's and even if it's not that's not the end of the world i think it's 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 perspective that is is really important in this situation what do you think yeah, yeah, no, hundred percent agree with that. Yeah, um, I, I think a, a, as a season in general, I think I've I've really enjoyed this season um, because you go to away games and it's not like mass kind of police cordons and and you're only allowed to go to here or whatever and you're in and out. It's it's a fairly small league. Like there's, there's not a lot of games above three thousand attendance, so you can just go to a town explore and you've got the kind of freedom to do it as do you know what I mean a, a small league so it's been it's been nice I don't get me wrong I don't want to stay here forever but I think as a journey I, I'm just enjoying it I think it's been it's been really good yeah I mean and, and you know like some some clubs end up in this division because they're down on the look and, and others uh, you know punching above their weight and this is the level for some it's a very very difficult league it's a very competitive league it's it's hard to get out of. I mean, it would do us a huge favour if they bring in this uh, three up, three down uh, thing <laughs> while we're in this division, because you know, even even with the budget that we're going to have, even with the crowds that we're going to have, everything next season, it, it's still going to be hard because we've seen how competitive it is, how difficult teams are to beat, um, and I think I think this, you know. I don't think that this has been a case within our fan base as a whole. I think I don't think the clubs are there to disrespect, are they? I think that they all have to be respected. You know, they they are the football clubs that represent their towns, their areas. They, you know, like I said, a lot of them are doing really, really well. Um, and and I don't you know, history and heritage and size of fans and all that kind of stuff. It's it, it, you know, it's relevant, but it doesn't make make one club any better than another club, does it? It's that's you know, we're all. I still think all football clubs are equal. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and everyone deserves to be where they are because of merit or because they've been married, managed well or because they've been managed poorly or whatever. Yeah, and absolutely. And I, I think I think more so for clubs at this level, because uh, like if, when we was in League One, League Two, you can have a bit of banter with fans on, on Twitter or join person. And it, it's they don't take it as personally because they're not as invested in, in the club as, as, as people at, at small clubs. Like, look at, do you know what I mean? Like the... 900 and odd Gateshead fans who went to like their it's their home game. Yes, it's fairly tin pot, but th there's 900 people are on. Like, think of the, the amount of clubs in the northeast. They could go and watch anyone, but they choose to go and watch Gateshead. And fair play to them. I think we should we should respect them probably a little bit more than we do. Um, I think again, it's not. I don't think a lot of our fan base poke fun at, at the smaller clubs and think we're too big for it. I think it, a lot of it is tongue in cheek. Um, but I, I think 
from from my point of view, full respect to to every team in this league. Because, like I said, all the grounds I've been to, it's been it's been it's been great. Everyone's been really nice. There's been very little trouble, um, and it's just it's just been a nice experience. So I, I take my little lad to away games as well, which I probably wouldn't have done uh, in League Two, League One kind of thing. Mm, it is. I mean, it's a different perspective, isn't it? It's a different different take on football for for us. It's an it's an experience. It, obviously, the longer we're down here, the more frustrating it's going to get. Um, but yeah, I mean, going going uh, hopefully going into next season, there will be a lot of positivity, and hopefully that positivity will spread through the the whole club. You know, we've obviously got to get rid of quite a few players. We've got to bring some in. Um, but it'd be nice, yeah, it'd be nice next season to <laughs> tell you what we've not done for such a long time. It'd be nice to start the season well, wouldn't it? That would yeah. just, I think everybody would just take some of the pressure off everybody because we haven't, well, I mean, what was the last season we started well? <laughs> I can't remember. I can't remember. It's a long time ago, isn't it? Yeah, I think that would get buy-in. Um, and like I said, I think the atmosphere's improved. Um like I said, there's the odd shout of usual suspects kind of stuff, but in general, the atmosphere has improved. You know what I mean? Especially at the away games and even even at the home games, like the Atleticos get behind the team and, and the team now seems to be receptive of it, appreciative. And I think yeah. guns were f- finally coming over and clapping fans and happy clappers aside. Um, yeah, I think it, it's been received well and... I think most people at the end of the game yesterday uh, did clap the clap the lads. Um, I was one of them because it's just they, they did put a, a shift in. We were beaten by a moment of quality, which we've won games on moments of quality like that. And I'm not I'm not begrudging the performance. I think it was it was it was a poor game, but it could have gone either way. That's just football. Yeah. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, there's there's going to be people who you know are like, well, it's Eastley, you know, and all that. And there, you know, there isn't there is an element of that. I understand it, you know. I mean, I've been, you know, been to watch us in the league at Anfield and places like that. <laughs> it, it's it's a bit of a come down uh, for sure, but um, and there is a long way to go. But hopefully now over. The coming seasons, you know, things are going to get a lot. I think, I think, just like that reality check of like how bad, how bad this season could have been, you know, if Abdallah had stayed in charge, what, would we even have a club? Um, no. You know, it, you know, it's just. So I think it's just kind of taking a step back to sort of take a deep breath and just say, okay, we've got a professional football club with. There's lots of optimism for the future. Um, and just enjoy, just enjoy it. Hopefully, now we can just enjoy the end of the season, and you know, you know, win more than we lose, and um, and start seeing some signs. Would you, would you say, have you got some concerns over some of the performances of individuals, or do you, what do you make of, you know, there's been a lot of criticism of Joe Nuttall, for example. Um, Tollett was yesterday was apparently not very happy at being left out of the squad. Um, what do you make about of that kind of stuff? Yeah. Um... I think on on the on the negative performances, I think I think Sutton's been poor the last couple of games uh, at right wing back, but uh, he's out of position. He's not a right wing back, and the only reason I think he's being played at right wing back is because, from from my point of view, Will Sutton looks extremely coachable. Um, that second half against Woking, or when he was playing on um, Unsworth's side, you could see him talking to Unsworth and Unsworth pulling him, putting him in positions. And I think positionally he's been great. It's just that final third, which he's not a right wing back. So um, on the Nuttall um, debate, have his performances been great? No. However, I can appreciate the work he does off the ball. And yeah, we're not not signing players on the money we've paid for him and probably the wages he's he's currently earning um, to be great off the ball. We want someone to be great off the ball but on it as well and score goals what if we, if we look at this level the reason players are playing at this level is because they're not the complete package if they were they'd be playing higher so I, I, I don't expect the world for him I do expect a little bit more um, if I'm being perfectly honest however 
I'm not sure the service has been great for him. I think we've, we've played a, a little bit too deep, so there's not anyone in and around him. Um, and, yeah, I just I, I feel bad for him um, when I see him. You know what I mean? That When we scored at Gateshead, when Sutton scored at Gateshead, um, Nuttall kind of like was revving revving the fans up like it it, it meant a lot to him that we'd, we'd pulled one back because he was getting pelters yeah um, and he was just like I think he was crying out for fans to get behind him and it, it, I think it is a confidence issue with him but he's not going to get fan confidence without a couple of goals under his belt and that's just the reality of a football in it yeah. it's not going to change he's got to change it yeah, I think it's good. You know, it's a totally fair point when you talk about the level that we're at. We're, I think, I think, amongst those of us who have supported the club for quite a while, we, we, you know, we're looking at players and we're judging them against former players. But we're, we're a national league side now, and yeah. you know, you look, people look back at, the, at squads from like when we were in League One and stuff, and say, "Oh, God, what a gift for a squad like that." Well, you're not going to get a squad like that, are you? Because you're not, we're not no. in League One anymore. So, like, we have to we have to cut our cloth accordingly, and and and. We're going to be getting level players that are at the, of this level, unless you are the likes of uh, Wrexham and Notts County, where you start to spend that kind of money, where you're competing with like League One clubs for wages, um, top end League Two clubs for wages, and you know that's it's um well, it's it's a boom or bust approach, isn't it? It's one of those things where you know what what happens to Notts County and Wrexham either or if they don't go up this season um, how long is it sustainable at this level like, how long can you keep players like Mullen and Langstaff um, at your club paying on those kind of wages in the National League and, and how long are they going to stick around because they're going to start getting offers from um, from further up the up the tables aren't they so it's it's I'd rather we had that kind of more sensible approach of like building something that's sustainable regardless of what level we're at um, and just I think I think they're going about it the right way. I think it's going to be interesting. They've announced the fans forum this uh, this week, and fans are going to be able to go along and ask questions and get some feedback from the club. And I, th I think that's that's really good. Um, it's been a busy year for everybody involved at the football club. Um, they've been there's been so much stuff to to reorganise um, and rebuild. From an OASF point of view, we've. I think we've been relatively happy to just let them get on with it. I mean, there's 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 no point second guessing everything, and you know, there's there's a there's a review. You know, you've come into the end of the first season; they'll have learned a lot. Everyone will have learned a lot, um, and and hopefully we'll all come out of it having gained a lot of experience, a lot of knowledge, um, and we can just keep building step by step because this football club has got there's a lot of work to do to get us up to a, the level that we want to be at. Um, if we can get there quickly, then fantastic. But hopefully, people are going to stick by it. And and <laughs> people were talking yesterday about like young people not having seen success. But when you've not seen success for over thirty years, it's longer. It's is that I don't know what's better or worse. I don't know. If it's better to have seen it, but it be so long ago or to never have experienced it. I mean, you, your first game was in ninety six. So yeah, I'm never... thirty. <laughs> I've never seen success. So yeah. <laughs> I don't know which is better or which is worse, but either neither of it's good, is it? So, um, right. Well, how do you think you're going to get on at likes, mind? Uh, this is your personal chance of success, Adam. Well, yeah, I've, um, not great. Yeah, it's well, Probably we know it's sort of ask. We know it's hard, don't we? So, um, but you know, we'll see how we how we get on. Right, I'm I'm going to have to do this now. This is my first time I've ever done Latics Mind, so so uh, I don't make a mess of it. If you're ready, Adam, I'm yep. as ready as I'm ever going to be. So I'll start the music. What was the score when Latics faced Peterborough at home in February 2011? 2-1. Uh, Incorrect. It was 5-0 to Peterborough. Who scored the winning penalty versus Chester in the FA Cup this season? Chris Porter. Correct. Who did Latics play in their very first game of the millennium? 
Barnsley. Incorrect. It began with a B. It was Bournemouth. What was the score when Latics played Tranmere on New Year's Day in 2005? Three nil to Tranmere. It was two two. Who did Latics sell to Norwich in the summer of 1994? Pass. Which loanee was sent off at Warsaw in November 2009? Pass. Who scored Latic's late winner at Tranmere on New Year's Day in 2003? Uh, Chris Killen. Incorrect. It was Julian Bordet. Who scored a hat-trick on Boxing Day in 1994? Ian Marshall. It was Andy Ritchie. What did Barry Owen tell the nation about the proposed move for Ched Evans? Until proven guilty. <laughs> no, it was, we're a professional club and we do things the right way in respect of our media. So, it was there were some tough ones there, mate. You got one right, yeah. Chris Porter, from this season. He passed on two. We sold Mike Milligan to Norwich in the summer of 94. And uh, Lee Hills was the loan he sent, sent off at Warsaw in 2009. Yeah, that is yeah. hard. Yeah, it's hard. I don't, I, mean, I don't even remember the name, to be honest. So, <laughs> so you got one, mate, uh, with two passes. So um, those at the top of the, of the board will not be sleeping any <laughs> no. less peacefully as a result of that, I'm afraid. <laughs> Never mind. It's the taking part that counts. I, I, yeah. if, if it's any consolation, I certainly wouldn't have done any better. I, I'm, I'm bloody hopeless at this. It's, it's a memory thing, isn't it? It's a memory, memory thing. It's, yeah, it's hard just remembering it on the on the spot, yeah. Yeah, it's, it really is. Good stuff. Well, <laughs> I, when I talk to you during the uh, during the games at Boundary Park, you've always got a, a good insight into the football, um, and I, I enjoy talking to them about the match with you. So... That's you know that's where your strength lies. So around yeah. this this memory test. So don't worry yeah, about absolutely. it. <laughs> Watch your back, Roy. I'm coming for your job. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. We'll see how that pans out then. Uh, thanks for joining me today, mate. Appreciate it. Nah, thanks very much for having me, Matt. Really appreciate it. Right, so I'm joined by Alison Schofield, who is an Oldham fan and a representative of her game too. Welcome to the show, Alison. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me on. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Probably like uh, a lot of other fans, we've seen her game too on the hashtag and on the advertising boardings around the ground at the match. And you were there on Tuesday night against Walking taking lots of selfies and stuff like that. Do you want to just tell us a little bit about, um, I think it's kind of self-explanatory as to what her game is and what it stands for, what, how you got involved in it and what it means to you and those people that are involved in it? Yeah, no, I think sometimes some people might not actually fully understand what her game too is. So it's good to explain, obviously, what it is about. Um, we are just a campaign that are trying our best to eradicate sexist abuse within the sport. We have started in football and expanded to other sports like cricket and rugby. And it's just basically wanting every woman and girl that either goes to the game, plays football, works in football, to go and have a pleasant, safe experience with no sexist abuse attached to that. And then following on from that, it's about encouraging more women and girls to get involved if they want to, knowing that it's a safe place to go. I, when I started going to football when I was a kid in the 80s, like it, the, the political correctness just wasn't a thing. Like, and, and the stuff that used to be 
spoken about on the terraces, like, you know, the abuse, racism, homophobia, sexism, every kind of ism you could imagine was just mm-hmm. commonplace. It wasn't, people didn't seem to, you know, there were songs that people sang and all that kind of stuff. So thankfully a, a lot has changed since then, but what's it been like for you? How, how long have you been supporting Latix and, and, how how different is it now how much how important is this work because how what's it been like over the years as a as a female football fan yeah so i know i know it has got better um i believe so off like just my dad telling me but i've been going i'm 30 now i was gonna say 29 i'm not i'm 30 <laughs> um and i've been going since i was a baby literally um and then probably what i can remember being five six or seven going to the games i remember my dad used to say to me you know any bad language you hear, you know, it stays in the football. That's mm-hmm. they were the rules, but not necessarily chants and things like that. Um, but I probably didn't really open my eyes to them until I was about 14 when I uh, was at Boundary Park outside Lucas Stand. Three away coaches was leaving. And that's when the first chant got sung to me. Um, no. The famous get your mm. out. Um, and I was just a bit like, oh, like I was, I, I think I was 14 years old, maybe 15. Mm. And I was like, oh dear. Yeah. Uh, like I was literally just about to leave. I was like, oh, and it's, mm. I can't even explain how it makes people feel, mm. um, makes you feel really uncomfortable. And then over the years, as I've got older, I go obviously watching England home and away as well. So I've seen it more and more and prior to covid i feel like it the, it did die down a lot i feel like the chants seemed to i didn't hear them as much i'm not saying they didn't happen but i just think um a lot of people may maybe stopped doing it as much and then since covid i feel like it's heightened again um but we're hearing now and seeing from clubs across the united kingdom like horrific chanting to women, horrific chanting to physios, to doctors that are going onto the pitch to help our players, just awful. And that's what we want to stop because we want to make sure women and girls feel welcome at football as they should. I've got just as much of a right to watch the men's team or the women's team as a man. So it's about just making sure that we do our best to educate people and raise awareness to say that this does have to stop because it's not if you take your little girl to the game it's not going to if and they hear the things that they've been saying recently it's not going to make anybody feel welcome and you don't want young boys to hear that either no exactly that's what i was just going to say it's not it's it's about creating environments that are that are good for everybody, good for the community. So it doesn't matter. I mean, just like you say, young lads are impressionable and, and all that, and it's intimidating for women. It's just not the right, women and girls, it's just not the right environment. Why do you think that um, since COVID, things have maybe gone backwards? I really don't know. And is that something know. that you see as, is is that something that is reflective in the wider community as opposed to, or, or, or just football? Or, do you know what I mean? Is it is it more of a... Because I think that football is a bit of a microcosm of the society at large, isn't it? Yeah. So the, whatever issues there are in society, you'll see them at the football because obviously yeah. it's a big a mixed bag. So is that is it something that's represented in the wider Maybe. community as well? Maybe. I'm not sure. I just – obviously violence towards women as well is just horrific. Um, so maybe it is, but even violence within fans, you know, fighting again, I feel like that's heightened mm. again since COVID. So I don't know if behaviours have just changed a little bit prior to us not going to games for a year or two to then coming back. I'm not sure. Um, maybe some people don't feel like it has heightened at all. Maybe some people feel it's been exactly the same. They're just my personal views that it felt like it did get better mm. and then it's it's got worse again. So what... what um What's it been like like working with the club? What what um how's how's that gone? What amazing. So I joined obviously I, I know the club anyway from being a fan um and a season ticket holder, but working with them since about twelve months now, um they are so invested in this and they want to help as much as they can. Um they want to support us in any way they can, the club and the trust and the Oldham Athletic Women and Girls team. So we're all working together to try 
and just improve things to ensure i think we're really lucky at boundary park and i do have to say that our fans at boundary park um i think overall are really really good and mm. um, they make our roles easier within the club because we can concentrate on other things as opposed to reports we'd still encourage anyone to report anything that they hear to us mm. and to the club but they definitely make our roles easier um but the the support that they have shown us because they they want more women and girls there as well and they want everyone to feel welcome they want everyone to feel safe so yeah we've got a really great working relationship that's good that's good to hear um what about um the women's team at Oldham is 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 the one at the minute I don't think there is one at the minute is there no so Oldham Athletic Women and Girls team isn't connected as such no. to the club um so obviously that would be one of our goals as part of her game too with the club it would be great eventually um obviously it can't just happen over now we need to look at lots of different things but eventually it'd be great if Oldham Athletic could have both men's and women's team attached to the club mm, definitely I think I mean during the Euros the women's Euros that was a that was a good um eye opener for looking out for who's the most misogynistic amongst uh Twitter users for example when it you know the comments about people were mm-hmm. making and things like that you know some I'm not saying anybody within our own particular fan base, but just in general, people should really show themselves up with some of the stuff that they were coming out with about women's football and about women and all that kind of stuff. But like, yeah. the, I, I mean, if I'm honest, the the early stages of the of the of that tournament weren't great, but towards the end, when you got the better teams in it, and and it's the England games in particular, I think they were really really good, uh, really exciting. Really, I, I was really impressed with uh, with the quality of the top teams. Um, and there's absolutely no reason why women's football can't be as enjoyable as men's football uh, and as popular, is there? I mean, it's it's really taken a, a massive... And I think that that in itself gets women and young girls more involved in, and wanting to participate and come to the men's game, I presume. Yeah, I think the Lionesses did amazing um, last mm. summer. I was lucky enough to go to some of the games. And I think even to speaking to some men in the pubs, um, people approach me knowing that I am the Hergain 2 ambassador and we'll have conversations. And even people have said to me, at the start, they didn't watch the first game, they'll they'll be happy to say that. Then maybe going into the tournament, they may have flicked through, had a look at the score, went back, and then come like the quarters, semis and finals, they said they was absolutely hooked. Mm. And that's what it's about. And it's also not saying you need to watch women's football. You know, I'm not going to say to anybody what you have to do. But it is it is the same game. Um, it might be might be played at a slightly different pace, um, but it is the same game. It is football. So there's no reason, if you do enjoy football, why you can't, I don't think, enjoy the women's game as well. And it did open a lot of men's eyes, I think, into the women's game in summer. So I think the Lionesses did us really proud and it, it, was, it was absolutely incredible. They were. It was brilliant. It was like I got... Totally swept away with the with the final and the and and, and the, the the atmosphere and the sort of like sense of pride and and all that and and you know what like the games are different like you know men and women's games are different but they have different some of the things that the women's game had which were better than the men's game and you know I thought that the sport I don't I don't what's the what's the sort of I don't want to call it sportsmanship. Do you know what I mean? Like the sort of gender mm-hmm. neutral term for that. But, um, you know, the respect for the referees, the respect for each other, the getting on with the game, you know, was yeah. far better than watching all the men rolling around and giving, you know, all that side of the stuff. I thought it was played in a much better spirit. Um, and then like, I mean, some of the balls, some of the goals that were scored were absolutely like lashed into the net, really powerful. Mm-hmm. So I thought of the technical, I thought it was, it was a really good technical play, some great skill. I think it was really good. I mean, you know, you switch on a game of football, whether it's men or women, you know, if it's a bad game, you're a boring game, it's a boring game. If it's an yeah. exciting game, it's an exciting game, isn't it? It's, it's as simple as that, really. Yeah, and I think Serena, as, you know, a female manager, she just absolutely smashed it out of the park. She did at the right subs at the right yeah, time. Definitely. So she showed that's what managers, you know, are capable of, whether you're a man or a woman, yeah. um, that you can make the right calls. And I think, you know, she is what helped the Lionesses win it with some of the subs that she made throughout yeah. the tournament. So um, I think it was great for everyone to see. And 
Um, I'm really excited for the World Cup this year in Australia. I'm not going. I can't, unfortunately, watch both because I watch England men's home and away. I can't watch both. <laughs> um, but I'm really excited to see what they do. And I'm really excited to see where football for women again will be after summer because I think mm. it'll grow even more. I think they've got to be amongst the favourites, haven't they, after the Euros? and Have they, have they still not been beaten under this manager? It's, Is that it's, right? It's a ridiculous record, I think. Like, yeah, yeah. Is it? I, I've got a number in my head, but I don't know if I want to say it just in case it's wrong. But I feel like twenty-one or I yeah, don't. No, it, yeah, it is. It's up. It's up like it's up that way. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's really impressive. Really high. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, they're doing they're doing amazing. Mm, I mean, and it's, yeah. Go on. No, it's just great for them to encourage more young girls because that's what they've seen following the tournament. Now that there's a spotlight on them, and that's all that we want. It's not, you know. It, people go on about equal pay and things like that. And we understand it's a business and it's a revenue and you have to bring it in to so be, be able to play, pay the players mm. um, accordingly. But it's about showing it. And then that gives young people that inspiration. So now they've actually seen them on the TV and the, the more um, visible, that's what's now more girls are getting into football because they're like, wow, I want to do that. Or I want to go to a game or I want to go and watch the men's team as well. Mm. So, Yeah, it's good. It's it's like, I mean, when you start talking about something like this, you you, you know, you're talking about, it's, it's obviously linked to like women in society and just life and how society views men and women, how it treats men and women differently inequality in certain areas, all these different types of things. It, it kind of shines a light on, on all that, on, on that bigger picture. You know, as you're talking there about the, the the manager of the Lionesses and, you know, how good she was at, like, managing the game. And ultimately, it doesn't matter if you're a man or woman, if you're a, go- if you're a great coach, great tactician, you could, manage any- you could manage anyone. There's absolutely no reason why a female coach couldn't manage in the Premier League or internationally. It's because... If that person is a great manager of people and knows what they're talking about in terms of coaching, mm-hmm. then it really it doesn't make any difference. So we start to see slowly but surely over time, you know, women coming into you know what are traditionally seen as men's roles, um, and then and and, and it'd be fantastic to because there was that program. I don't know if you remember it, it was years ago called the Manageress. Uh, it was like a soap opera. There was like the woman that used to be in the Nestle gold blend adverts she, i can't remember what she was called but she played like this female football manager this was like back in the late 80s i think so god only knows what it was like but um but you know there's almost like an inevitability isn't there i think over over the time i hope there is anyway i hope that at some point in the future the lines get a lot more blurred when it comes to this kind of stuff and everyone's just able to participate in things based on their own merit and their own skill and their own you know, getting the right opportunities at the right ages and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. And I'd I'd love to see, you know, even Serena one day in the Premiership. Um, you know, I think, like you said, it doesn't matter the gender. If you've got the quality and the skill, then why not? I think it should be fine and um, it should be a celebration if when that does happen, but then it shouldn't be there shouldn't really be any negativity towards it because if they can get the job done, man or woman, then that's what they're there to do to just get the job done. Um, so I think, um, and I think I don't think it will be too long for someone. I don't know who it'll be, but I think it. I think we will see um, a women manager soon. Because I think any anyone who anyone who you know manages who at the top level, the exceptional coach, they're just exceptional people. You know, mm-hmm. like people like Pep and people like Brian yeah. Clough and that. You know what I mean? They're like yeah. just exceptional people and they have something exceptional about them. Um, and so really, it doesn't matter whether, you know, what gender you are. If, you, if you're exceptional, you're exceptional. But it's just really about what what the thing is with all this is. And it's about the opportunities in it in the first place. It's about being given the opportunity to to excel and get to that point in the first place. And that's, you know, so many exceptional people um miss those opportunities don't they because they're not either because they're female or because they're you know black or whatever it is there are are things in society that stop people progressing so they obviously her game too is part of that 
trying to unlock those opportunities for people and, yeah, and, and get them involved. And there's other roles, I guess, within football as well, isn't there? I mean, I know Suzanne, it was National Women's Day yesterday, and Suzanne was tweeting about, um, Suzanne Geldard, about, you know, being a, a female sports journalist. And, you know, and, and just that whole kind of, uh, the industry of football is very male-dominated. And it's it, it does take a certain amount of, of bravery. Uh, and, you know, people women have to put up with things they shouldn't have to put up with often, don't they, to get to where they want to be in industries like football. Yeah, and that's just exactly what we're fighting. Um, you know, women, I think at Boundary Park, we've got an exceptional um, amount of women that work. You know, like I said, we've got, I think we've got two female physios, we've got a female doctor, we've got Suzanne, who's our female sports writer, reporter. We have um, safeguarding manager Pam, and she does other jobs as well. We've got the two Sues, we've got Kathy, and everyone knows Kathy, who's um, head of, is she? steward s the head of steward something i can't remember job sure. title actually sure. um but and then she works with her daughter as well or her daughter works for oldham um so we've got we have got a great representation of women and we've got sue now who's on the board mm. sue schofield mm -hmm. so i think we we are setting a good example to other clubs and our fans are really great in accepting that you know, women can be part of the club and they can be part of the employees. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's just, there's just, just there's no real, there's no logical, uh, re, you know, rational argument against it. People, you know, people that are good at whatever it is that they do being give, given the opportunity. Um, but I, it, just on that, like, it does link me back to just, because I know you were in Qatar for the World Cup. <laughs> and so, like, you know, when you're talking about how good, Oldham are and, and 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 the Oldham fans and you know it's not there's obviously more challenging clubs and more challenging cultures and communities in England and also abroad what what was it like from your point of view in Qatar um when it came to um women's participation and how did you view it was it was it was a lot of it done for the visitors? Did you get to sort of like get a peek behind the curtain to see something that wasn't so great, or mm -hmm. was it just a really positive experience? Because I'm I'm bringing my own prejudices into this into this yeah, now. No, but what course. was it? What what was it like for you? Well, even just making the decision. Obviously, I follow England everywhere, and even just making the decision to go to Qatar was not easy for me. Um, there's a lot of laws and rules over there that. I don't agree with some of them I fight against, you know, on a mm. daily basis. So it was really difficult for me. I think it must have taken me, I didn't book my flights until the May because I was that yeah. undecisive whether to go. Um, for England fans and all fans across the world, we was treated um, amazing. Um, and normally that is what you get at a tournament though especially when they're quite far away I've been to um, South Africa as well so you get just the fans that are there for the football and that's all they're there for and they just want to watch the football they're happy to socialize they're happy to talk to you whether you're a man or a woman I had some amazing conversations with so many men and women I managed to get loads of women um, England fans to meet up regularly just so because sometimes you'll go and they might be 30 men to one woman so it's nice yeah. to actually get some women together um the experience in qatar for me was positive however i believe it was not for a lot of other women right so i wouldn't talk too much about my experience because obviously the experience for so many other women um especially black women who I've spoken to they did not have the same experience as I did right in in, in what kind of examples were can you give if any? Uh, some of the men didn't even look at them to acknowledge them to smile to them to say hello whereas I was very much made to feel welcome mm. um so that's just one example of many that you know, I've had conversations with people. And so there's, there's lots of sort of like complex cultural societal issues in there, isn't there, that you could, that you could pick out, uh, you know, that, that go beyond sexism and racism and all, and, all, and, and all that kind of stuff. It's, I think, you know, I think this is the thing. I think this is why it's important to think about what other people's experience is like because, you know, people hear about white privilege and all that kind of stuff and some people go, mm, there's no such thing or whatever. But, you know, 
generally speaking, like, you know, you, there are certain environments you can be in that are completely hassle-free or you feel part of something as, you know, a, a white person or a white male or whatever that until somebody else tells you, actually, no, that's not everybody's experience. You've no idea what other people sometimes have to, to, to go through. So I think it's important to, to talk about these things. Because, like yeah. you know, from the, I needless to say, if I went there, I would have a completely different experience to to you and to you know maybe someone of color and someone of color who's female as well. So yeah, or somebody from the LGBTQIA plus community, you know. So because yeah. I'm not, so that's we all have them different experiences, and that's why yeah. I probably not talk too much about it, just because I appreciate that you know a lot went on um, to other people. So, um, but we had an amazing trip and we had a good. We played some really great football and we met so many fans. I went um, with a couple of lads that I met at an England game only a year prior. Um, so we all just had, we all had a really great time as we do at most tournaments. And now we're back to Wembley in March for the qualifiers for Germany. So I'm looking forward to Germany. It's hard work though, isn't it, following two teams that like never win anything? Really hard work. <laughs> it's also hard when, because obviously where we are, um, well, England sometimes the games with England and Oldham clash. Yeah. So that's difficult because you've got to choose. I remember last year I chose a Saturday fixture at Wembley and then I chose a Tuesday night fixture at Boundary Park. But really, it should have been two England games or two Oldham games. So you have yeah. to, you have to choose, which is a shame. But yeah, I, um, I'm hoping to see progress in both teams soon i think i think that there's no doubt that england have come on immensely under south under southgate i mean like i went to euro 2016 watched england well i only watched one game but i watched uh, the slovak slovenia game the nil nil um before we got knocked out to iceland it was just it was as bad as any terrible oldham game i'd ever seen it was just appalling mm. and you know, that was under Hodgkin, Roy Hodgkins. And uh, just I just remembered I was dreaming about him the other night. That's weird. Anyway, <laughs> um, and yeah, and, and it was awful. And we needed to completely sort of start again, didn't we? And Southgate's really, really turned it around. All right, people criticise. There's actually some comparisons with, with, with Oldham, actually, insofar as we've got to do what Southgate's done, you know, we turn it around. The whole infrastructure mm -hmm. at England has changed. We've got to do that at Oldham. We've got to have the, the recruitment and the youths, all that kind of stuff. And it takes a long time, doesn't it? What do you think with Southgate? Do you think he's like, is this his last tournament? And then if he doesn't win, he might go, do you think? Or yeah, what? I think Germany will be his last tournament. Um, I think if he does win, maybe then you go out on a high. And then mm. if we don't succeed or we don't get you know too far, then that's time up but yeah. I really enjoyed watching the games under Southgate we have had some really incredible games yeah. um obviously just before Qatar we'd all just been allocated our tickets for the game and we was at Wolves um and in England were playing I think it was was it Hungary I feel like it yeah. was Hungary and we got absolutely hammered I think was it 4-0 and I was, I was literally thinking, what's happened? What's this? But he knew what he was doing. Obviously, he was playing the players that he were playing for a reason, seeing what he's to do for Qatar. But, um, yeah, at that point, I was like, oh, no, as if we're going here for this World Cup and we've just played like that. But I think um, the way that they did play throughout the whole tournament in November, December, I think we we were I think it was a really good team, really good side. I think we've got some phenomenal players that are only going to be just coming into the prime for the next tournament. So for the likes of like Bellingham, you know, I think he's going to be a magnificent player for us. We've got Saka, um, Rashford obviously had a, a great tournament. He got you know uh, quite a few goals. So I think we are going to have a really great squad for the next two years. Um, so it's just about getting getting them to to the full potential. Well, they've just got to come through these tournaments and with the experience and, and apply it next time around. I mean, you've mentioned like Saka and, and Rashford who are both on fire in the Premier League at the minute. So, and it's about them just going on and doing that week in, week out, winning 
trophies and tournaments uh, domestically and then going away and doing it. It'd be really nice to be having the same conversation about Latics. And so, you know, talking about young players coming through and mm-hmm. and, and and challenging towards the top. What what do you make of um this this season? What since the, you know the ta- everything was obviously terrible and then we've had the t- what do you make of the takeover and how the first season under the new owners and our first season in the National League, David Unsworth's season? How do you make what do you make of it all so far? Well, I think obviously the takeover was just the best thing that could have happened to this club in such a long time. We've got owners that are fully invested in this club. They want the best for them. They want the best for Oldham. Um, So I'm thrilled with the takeover. I, at the start of the season, um, I've never been one of these, let's go straight back up. Only realistically, obviously hoping-wise, you'd love to go straight back up. We want to get back into the league, um, play league football. But I've, I've always said 12 to 15th. Um, I'd be happy that I want to be safe. I don't want to be near the relegation zone. I don't want to be, you know, having that worry. But between 12 and 15, that's where I would have been happy to finish at the start of the season with the plays that we had. Um, so to be, what are we now, 14th? Yeah. We, yeah, we're 14th. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, you know, in what I wanted. And we've still got... How many games left? Is he like nine? Is he about nine? About nine games, something like that. About nine, nine games, games left. Yeah. So I think we've still got to give. Um, I think we've still got to give Unsworth, you know, a chance. Um, that's my stance on it. I think the players that he's now got in the team. I'm I'm looking at the team sometimes and thinking you could have two or three other players on as well. You know, because we we've got a really We've got some really good players now. Um, I think I struggle picking the starting eleven. Well, obviously I would. I'm not not a manager of any sort. But I, I look at it thinking, oh, I don't even know who I'd play out of them two now because they played the same position. So I think he's got us in a good place. Obviously, the football itself hasn't been too thrilling to watch, has it? Even when we win, sometimes it's not like a really exciting game. And I think for Oldham, it's like we just want to we want to celebrate goals and we want to we want to see it and we don't want to see it go flat. And I think sometimes the last 10 minutes of a game, 20 minutes of a game has gone quite flat. And we don't, you know, no one wants to see a flat game. So I think we'll be all right. And I obviously I think statistically it is still possible to reach playoffs. I think if we win every single game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. obviously that'd be amazing. But realistically, I'm happy to be around that halfway mark, around 12th, and then really go for it next season. Though next season, we have to, you know, top half, all season top eight. Yeah. The majority of it. I really want us to go for it next season. Because I think that, we can. I think we've got potential. That all, unquestionably. I mean, it would, it would be such a joy to... I mean, I remember the season we won the second division title. We weren't out of the top two all season. You know, we were just phenomenal. And obviously, we've never had a season remotely like it since. Uh, but to, to to be up and around the top of the table all season, winning a lot of games, not drawing many games, you know, losing a few here and there. Yeah. And just get kind of like, you know, I, my nephew comes and he, he just loves it when we win and he hates it when we lose. And, <laughs> you know... It's it's what it's what puts bums on seats. It's what puts smiles on faces. If the if the football's not great and and it's not that pretty to watch, nobody really cares as long as you're winning. So, like you say, I think we've we have got some talented players now. We 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 need to get a bit more balance in the in the squad, uh, and 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 identify a proper system of playing that we really that we that we know what we're doing. I think he's getting there. I think I I I've got faith in me. I, I know a lot of people have been, but I think people are just too eager to press the panic button because that's kind of where we've been at over the last, you know, however many years, the last of the corny years and the Abdali years, we're just firing people all the time. It just, it just doesn't work. It doesn't do us any good. So we desperately need stability. Look at England, you know, people have had their doubts with Southgate, but at the end of the day, we've been getting into tournament finals, quarterfinals, semifinals on a consistent basis. And that's leaps and bounds above where we were at. And that's because we've got the same coach who's working through the system, through the tiers, through the younger, you know, I'll bring it all these young players through because he he knows the the youth system like the back of his hand. And we need that at Oldham. We need Unsworth and his coaching team working with and bringing these young players through. Um, 
so that you know we're all a bit frustrated with like the likes of Harry Bourne and Jim Sims not making it through this. We don't want that anymore. We want they've got to come through. They've got to do the business for us, and then we sell them on, make loads of money, invest it back into the squad, and mm. hopefully, you know, you won't have to wait another thirty years for <laughs> Oldham to win something. No, I think it'll be soon. I think. You know, I've always said, I think when we got relegated, I was heartbroken, probably like every single Alden fan. I was absolutely devastated. But then the one silver lining I remember saying to my dad is, at least I'm going to see him be promoted. <laughs> so, And we are. I know we are. We are going to be promoted one day. Yeah. Um, it will happen and we will be there and we'll have been through it all with them. And we will be able to celebrate going back into league football. But I think even, you know, Sutton, I think he's been... He's been brilliant since he's been he's been playing. Yeah. I think he's been really, really good. And he comes off that pitch absolutely, having played his heart out for ninety minutes. Yeah, you have to put faith in in people, don't you? In, but young young lads and that they have to just say, "Go on, you can do it. Go and do it." And often they don't let you down. Um, mm-hmm. So I think it's great to see. Everybody loves it when when the homegrown talent comes through. So. Um, so yeah, so we'll, we'll wrap it up there, Alison, because uh, we've got to uh, also talk about the uh, the game on uh, Saturday, which is Eastley. Mm-hmm. So we've got the people that will have been to the match at Eastley. So let's let's see if you were able to predict the score. How do you think we'll get on on the South Coast on Saturday? Two nil. Two nil. I'll take Two it. Us, obviously. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'll take it all day long. I remember Usise was in their team from last season uh, when they played us up here. I think we won 3-2, didn't we, when when they came up here? But, um, yeah, they're doing all right, so it'll no doubt be a tough game. But, um, yeah, fantastic. Have you got anything else you'd like to say? Have you got a message for anyone that relates to her game too or anything like that? No, just thank you to every single person that's been supporting us and supporting the campaign. Obviously, International Women's Day, we did our dedicated fixture against Borough Ward and everyone was so amazing, so supportive. So just thank you to everyone for getting behind us. The Boundary Park Alert System is hosted and produced weekly by Matt Dean, Andy Halliwell and Dave Bradley. A huge thank you goes to those people who already subscribe to the podcast. We appreciate you all and if you'd like to help us out financially, please visit oafcpodcast.co.uk and click support or find the link in the show notes. It's only $2.99 a month to subscribe, but if you'd rather make a one-off donation, please visit buymeacoffee.com forward slash oafcpodcast or click the link on our website. Please follow and interact with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and TikTok at OAFC Podcast and subscribe to youtube.com forward slash at OAFC Podcast where you will find the Latics Football phone in with myself and Dave Bradley live every Wednesday from 8.30pm. We'd like to thank Arlene Finnegan for writing our excellent weekly blog which we encourage you to read on our website every Saturday morning and thanks also goes to Paul Prentergast for providing us with all the Latics Mind questions. The title music for the show is by Manchester DJ and producer Starion and for more information visit bandcamp.com forward slash red laser records you can help change the game by listening to us on the fan hub app along with all major podcast platforms please like subscribe and review the pod and help us climb the rankings to get more listeners wherever you listen thank you for listening and if you'd like to be a guest or contribute to the show in any way we'd love to hear from you see you next week